0: Welcome to Midnight Tales, the podcast where we explore the dark and mysterious side of the world. I'm your host, Davis, and I am as fictional as the story you are about to be told. So listen carefully, because tonight we have a special treat for you. We're going to dive into a story that has haunted generations of people in a small town in Mexico. A story of love, betrayal, and a vengeful spirit that roams the riverbanks looking for lost children. A story of La Llorona, the weeping woman. This story is provided to you by the Midnight Tales Project. Make sure to check out the website, MidnightTales.org, for even more stories and special offers. You can find a link in the show notes. But before we begin, a word of caution. This tale is not for the faint of heart. It's a tale that will chill you to the bone and make you think twice before venturing near the river at night. So, grab a blanket, turn off the lights, and get ready for a night of midnight tales. The Weeping River Chapter 1 moving day the quaint town of san lamento sprawled gracefully along the banks of a vast river with houses featuring colorful facades nestled close together vendors lined the streets their carts brimming with fresh produce local crafts and tantalizing aromas of street food children darted about their laughter echoing through the air but they never ventured too close to the river's edge rio Lagrimas, or river of tears silently wound its way past the town its waters shimmering under the sun hiding secrets in its depths mia's eyes darted around taking in the sights from the back seat of the family car her heart fluttered with a mix of emotions she missed her old friends and the familiarity of her previous town but the novelty of san lamento beckoned her curiosity her younger brother alex was busy squabbling with a toy in his lap blissfully unaware of the new world outside looks like a postcard doesn't it remarked mia's father breaking the silence his eyes focused on the road mia's mother chimed in it's perfect dear quiet picturesque and it feels like home already as they turned a corner the new home came into view it was a charming two-story house painted a soft blue with white trims. A small garden adorned the front, albeit a bit overgrown, indicating the previous occupant's hasty departure or prolonged absence. The family piled out of the car, each member surveying their new surroundings. It's bigger than I thought, Mia commented, shielding her eyes from the sun as she looked up at the house. Plenty of space for both of you to play. Her mother replied, nudging Alex, who was already chasing after a butterfly. Mia approached the entrance, her fingers brushing over the slightly chipped paint of the front door. It creaked open to reveal spacious rooms filled with rays of golden sunlight, but layered in a fine coat of dust. The family spent the day unpacking, turning the once-empty house into a lively home. Mia claimed a room that overlooked the garden and, beyond that, the neighboring house. The walls of her room were painted a pale lavender, and as she set up her books and trinkets, she felt a pang of nostalgia for her old room. Towards evening, as Mia hung up curtains, she caught a glimpse of a boy in the neighboring garden. He was about her age, dark-haired, and was curiously peering towards her new home. Their eyes met briefly, and Mia quickly looked away, feeling a bit embarrassed. But she couldn't shake off the feeling that this town with its vibrant streets and quiet river held stories waiting to be uncovered as night descended and the sounds of the town faded mia lay in bed wrapped in the unfamiliar silence of her new room the day's exhaustion quickly caught up and just as she was about to drift off a soft whispering sound reached her ears a distant melancholic sob carried by the wind from the direction of the river Pulling the blanket closer, Mia tried to dismiss it as her imagination, but a lingering unease settled in her heart. The Friendly Neighbor The morning sun brought warmth and light, quickly banishing the previous night's unease. Birds chirped and the streets began to come alive with the sound of daily commerce. Mia woke up, the strange cries from the night before now feeling like a distant dream. After breakfast, Mia decided to explore the garden. It was a mix of wildflowers, overgrown grass, and a few old trees that seemed to have many tales of their own. As she crouched down to look at a particularly bright flower, a shadow fell over her. Looking up, she saw the boy from next door, his face framed by the gap in the fence. Hey. He began, an awkward smile forming on his face. I'm Javier. You're the new girl, right? Mia stood up, brushing dirt from her hands. Yeah, I'm Mia. Just moved in yesterday. This place seems... different. Javier chuckled. San Lamento has its quirks. But it's home. He hesitated for a moment and then added, Want a tour of the town? I know all the cool spots. Grateful for the distraction and a potential new friend, Mia agreed. The two of them ventured into the heart of San Lamento. They wandered through vibrant market squares filled with the hum of bartering, down alleys with mural-covered walls, and even stopped at a local ice cream shop that Javier swore served the best flavors. As they meandered through the town, Mia began to notice something. The townspeople, although friendly, would often cast wary glances towards the river, especially if children ventured too close to its banks. Mothers would pull their kids back, whispering words of caution into their ears. Why does everyone seem so nervous about the river? Mia finally asked, unable to contain her curiosity. Javier looked at the river for a moment, then shrugged. Old tales and superstitions. My abuela says it's just stories to keep us kids from wandering off too far. But there's something about the river after sunset. Even I don't like being near it. The day wore on, and the newfound friends made their way back to their homes. Just as they were about to part ways, Javier turned to Mia, his eyes gleaming with mischief. You up for some ghost stories? I'm having a sleepover tonight. My abuela knows all the legends of San Lamento. It's kind of a rite of passage for every new kid. Mia hesitated, remembering the eerie sobbing from her first night. But the promise of uncovering local mysteries was too tantalizing to pass up. All right. She replied with a grin. But only if there's popcorn. Javier laughed. Deal. See you tonight. As Mia walked back to her house, she felt a twinge of excitement. New town, new friend, and now new stories to discover. But in the back of her mind, a small voice whispered urging her to tread carefully. For sometimes, legends have a seed of truth. Chapter 2 Evening Preparations The golden hues of the setting sun painted Mia's room in a warm glow. With every passing minute, her anticipation grew. She spread her favorite polka-dotted pajamas on her bed, carefully placing her sleepover essentials next to them, toothbrush, a small bag of toiletries, and her cherished book, Tales from Beyond. The room echoed with the soft rustle of packing and the faint hum of her favorite tune, which she hummed absentmindedly. Just as she was zipping her bag, a tug at her shirt made her look down. Alex, with his big hazel eyes, gazed up at her, his lips turned into a familiar pout. Why can't I come too? I want to hear stories. He whined, his fingers playing with the edge of Mia's bag. Mia knelt beside him, ruffling his hair affectionately. Hey buddy, how about we have our very own sleepover next week? Just you and me, with hot cocoa and all the stories you want. She proposed. Alex's eyes lit up. Really? With marshmallows in the cocoa? Mia chuckled, nodding. Of course. The fluffiest marshmallows. Content with the promise, Alex gave her a tight hug. Okay, but you have to tell me all about tonight when you come back. Deal. Mia replied, sealing their pact with a playful high five. As Mia laced her shoes and gave herself a final check in the mirror, she couldn't help but feel a flutter of excitement. New town, new friends, and now a night filled with tales and mysteries. She took a deep breath, slung her bag over her shoulder, and stepped out into the approaching night. The Sleepover The evening sky over San Lamento was a deep shade of indigo, dotted with the first few stars that braved the twilight. Mia approached the neighboring house, her steps quickened by a mix of excitement and nerves. The two homes were quite similar, reflecting the town's architectural style, but Javier's house boasted a richer history, with vines crawling up the walls and a rustic charm. As Mia neared the entrance, the soft strumming of a guitar wafted through an open window. She hesitated for a moment, taking a deep breath before pressing the doorbell. The melodic chime resonated through the house, followed by the sound of footsteps. The door swung open to reveal Javier, a wide grin on his face. You made it! He exclaimed, his enthusiasm evident. He stepped aside, allowing Mia to enter. The living room was cozy, illuminated by dimmed lamps and scented candles, casting a warm, golden hue everywhere. I hope you're ready for an unforgettable night. Javier teased, helping Mia off with her jacket. Before Mia could respond, she noticed a row of shoes neatly arranged by the door, signs of the other guests. Javier caught her gaze and gestured towards the living room. Let me introduce you. He began, leading her in. That's Lucia. He pointed to the girl with bouncy curls, engrossed in a game of cards. Lucia looked up, her eyes sparkling with mischief. The new girl. Welcome to the madness, she laughed. Next to Lucia, engrossed in a book with a cover depicting distant galaxies, was Diego. His calm demeanor was evident even as he briefly looked up to nod at Mia, a quiet hey, escaping his lips. And that's my cousin, Isabella, Javier said, pointing towards the older girl who was pouring drinks in the corner. Isabella had a graceful aura, her eyes scanning the room protectively every now and then. She approached Mia with a warm smile, handing her a glass of lemonade. It's always nice to meet new faces. Hope you enjoy tonight. Mia felt a rush of gratitude for this unexpected warmth. Thanks, she replied, her voice tinged with excitement. I'm looking forward to it. The atmosphere was infectious, the room echoing with laughter, chatter, and the strumming of the guitar, which Mia now noticed was in the hands of a young man in the corner. She felt enveloped by the camaraderie, thinking that maybe, just maybe, San Lamento could truly feel like home. The initial formalities soon gave way to uninhibited fun. With every passing moment, Mia felt more at ease. Lucia, true to her vivacious nature, pulled out a board game that looked as old as the house itself. The worn-out box-ridden mysteries of San Lamento, and Mia couldn't help but be intrigued. As they sat around the low coffee table, Diego explained the rules. It's a blend of strategy and luck, he began. Each of us plays a character from San Lamento's history and we must navigate through the town, facing challenges and solving mysteries. As they delved into the game, Mia found herself teaming up with Isabella, working together to outsmart Lucia and Javier's alliance. Diego, ever the strategist, played solo, often pulling surprising moves that left everyone else in awe. In between turns, they shared stories about school, local haunts, and inside jokes that Mia was soon looped into. Lucia regaled the group with a hilarious tale about the time she tried to tame a stray cat, while Isabella countered with a story of Lucia's misadventures during a school play. Pizza boxes began to pile up, and the sweet aroma of melted cheese and herbs filled the room. Mia, sampling a slice with San Lamento special toppings, was pleasantly surprised by the unique flavor combination. She was even more delighted when Isabella brought out a homemade dessert, churros with a rich chocolate dipping sauce. The hours flew by in a blur of laughter, playful banter, and countless moments that Mia knew she would cherish. There was a palpable bond between the kids, and she was grateful to be a part of it. Yet. As the evening deepened and shadows grew longer, there was an unspoken understanding that the highlight of the night was yet to come. The games and laughter were just a prelude to the tales that awaited them and the mood began to shift. Mia felt a hint of apprehension mixed with excitement as the room was rearranged to accommodate Abuela Rosa's storytelling session. The night, it seemed, still held many secrets. The story begins. The mood in the room suddenly shifted. The bright overhead lights dimmed, replaced by the soft glow of candles spread throughout the living space. The flickering flames cast wavering shadows, dancing on the walls in a mesmerizing display. The gentle strumming of the guitar in the background stopped, replaced by the rhythmic chirping of crickets outside. Javier got up from his spot, moving towards the old wooden door that led to the kitchen. It's time, he whispered, almost reverently. From the slightly ajar door, there was the sound of a wooden chair scraping against the floor, followed by soft, deliberate footsteps. The room was filled with an air of anticipation, every eye fixed on the entrance. Abuela Rosa stepped into the room, her silver hair tied up neatly, her gaze sharp yet filled with warmth. Her traditional dress rustled softly as she moved to the center of the room, her presence undeniably commanding everyone's attention. "'Buenas noches, niños,' she greeted, her voice deep and melodic. "'I hear we have a new listener among us tonight,' she added, nodding towards Mia. Mia, feeling slightly on the spot, responded with a small nod. "'Yes, Abuela. I'm excited to hear your tales.' A gentle smile played on Abuela Rosa's lips. "'Stories. They are the threads that weave the fabric of our community.' They keep our history, our values, and sometimes our warnings alive. She began with lighter tales, mischievous spirits that played tricks on townsfolk, a lovelorn ghost waiting for her sailor lover, and tales of enchanted forests that surrounded San Lamento. With each story, the atmosphere deepened, with the children occasionally jumping at the unexpected twists and turns. Lucia, true to her fearless nature, often interjected with playful skepticism, to which Abuela Rosa responded with a wink and a deeper plunge into the world of mysteries. As the tales progressed, Mia sensed a pattern. Each story, no matter how lighthearted at the beginning, always had an underlying message, a lesson, or a warning. The atmosphere grew dense when Abuela Rosa paused, her gaze distant, as if contemplating whether to proceed. Now children. She began, her tone more solemn. There is one tale that has been passed down through generations, a tale that binds us all in San Lamento. Javier, who Mia noticed had been unusually quiet, swallowed hard. Even the ever-skeptical Lucia looked uneasy. Many consider it a fable, a story to frighten children. But remember, in every legend there lies a kernel of truth. Tonight, I will share with you the sorrowful tale of La Llorona. A hushed silence enveloped the room, each child waiting with bated breath, ready to delve into the depths of San Lamento's most haunting legend. The Tale of La Llorona The candles flickered as Abuela Rosa settled into her storytelling posture, her eyes scanning the eager faces before her. For a moment, everything was still, and then, in a voice rich with emotion and history, she began. Long ago, in a village not too different from ours, there was a woman named Maria. Her beauty was unparalleled, her hair as dark as ravens' wings, and eyes that shimmered like the depths of the clearest lakes. She was the jewel of the village, and men traveled from far and wide to catch a glimpse of her. Abuela Rosa paused, letting the image of Maria take root in everyone's imagination. Maria fell deeply in love with a handsome traveler, a man who promised her the world. Their love was passionate. Intense, and soon, they were blessed with two children. But as the days turned into years, Maria's husband began to change. His eyes, once filled only for Maria, began to wander. He was often away, and rumors spread about him courting a younger woman from a neighboring village. One fateful evening, overcome by jealousy and despair, Maria spotted her husband with the younger woman. In a fit of rage and heartbreak, she did the unthinkable. She took her two innocent children and, blinded by tears, drowned them in the river. When she realized the horror of her actions, it was too late. The weight of her guilt was unbearable. In her grief, Maria threw herself into the river, hoping to reunite with her lost children in the afterlife. But her soul found no peace. Legend says she was trapped between the living and the dead, doomed to wander the riverbanks for eternity, crying out for her children. Her once-beautiful visage was now a spectral figure in white, with flowing hair and a face forever marked by tears. The once-beloved Maria was now known as La Llorona, the Weeping Woman. She is often heard before she's seen. Abuela Rosa continued, her voice dropping to a whisper. Her mournful cries echo in the night. Missy Yos. Missy Yos. My children. My children. And while she searches for her own, it's said that she sometimes mistakes other children for hers, trying to pull them into the watery depths. The tale is not just a cautionary one to keep children away from the river at night. Abuela Rosa said, her gaze intense. There have been real disappearances over the years, and many swear on their ancestors that they've seen her, especially on foggy nights when the line between the living and the dead blurs. She ended with a sigh, looking at each child in turn. Always remember, children, our actions have consequences. And while we may consider La Llorona a mere tale, respect the stories and the history. For in them, we find lessons, warnings, and the very soul of our town. The room remained silent long after Abuela Rosa finished, each child grappling with the haunting tale, its eerie resonance echoing in their minds. The weight of Abuela Rosa's tale settled heavily upon the room. The soft flicker of the candles, once a comforting presence, now cast eerie shadows that danced and twined with the remnants of the story. The sounds of the night outside seemed magnified, every rustle of the leaves or distant howl evoking images of the wandering spirit of La Llorona. Lucia, usually brimming with energy, was subdued. She shifted uneasily in her seat, her fingers fidgeting with the edge of her blanket. Abuela, she began, her voice hesitant. You said there were actual disappearances. Were any of them recent? Abuela Rosa looked at her for a long moment before responding. Many years ago, when I was about your age, a young boy from the village vanished. Search parties looked everywhere, but he was never found. Some said they heard La Llorona's cries more intensely that night. Diego, who had been silent till now, chimed in with a skeptical tone. But surely there could be a hundred explanations for such disappearances? Why blame it on a legend? Isabella leaned forward, her voice a whisper. Because sometimes the line between legend and reality blurs. Our ancestors passed down these tales for a reason. Not just as cautionary tales, but perhaps as explanations for things they couldn't comprehend. Javier nodded, his gaze distant. When I was younger, I remember my father warning me about staying out too late near the river. He said he once heard cries that chilled him to his bones. Mia, having been a silent observer to the conversation, finally spoke. In every place I've lived, there's always been a local legend or ghost story. But this one. She paused, glancing around at the earnest faces. Feels different. More real. Abuela Rosa leaned back, her eyes twinkling. That's the power of stories, dear. They make you feel, think, and most importantly, they connect us to our roots. There was a momentary lull in the conversation before Lucia broke the silence, trying to lighten the mood. All right, enough ghost talk for one night. Who's up for a game or maybe a midnight snack raid in the kitchen? The tension in the room began to dissipate, replaced by laughter and the familiar sounds of camaraderie. Yet, in the back of each child's mind, the haunting cries of Lalorona lingered, a testament to the enduring power of Abuela Rosa's tales. Chapter 2 The Dare The Morning After The first light of dawn crept in through the windows, casting the room in a pale glow. The children, sprawled out on makeshift beds and couches, began to stir. Mia, rubbing the sleep from her eyes, couldn't shake off the eerie feeling that last night's tale had instilled in her. She sat up, surveying the room. Lucia was already awake, her face contemplative as she gazed out the window towards the river, its shimmering surface barely visible through the trees. Didn't sleep well? Mia whispered, joining Lucia by the window. Lucia shrugged. It's hard after one of Abuela's tales, especially that one. The river seems different now. As the rest of the children roused, breakfast was a lively affair. The kitchen smelled of fresh coffee, toast, and eggs. Abuela Rosa hummed a tune as she moved about the stove. Yet, amidst the chatter and laughter, Mia noticed that Diego kept stealing glances at the forest leading to the river. She decided to confront him. you seem distant Diego. What's on your mind? He hesitated. Just thinking about last night's story. I've heard it so many times, but every time, it feels different. Lucia, catching the drift of the conversation, added. You don't believe in the tale, do you? Diego frowned. It's not about believing. It's about respecting our traditions. Even if La Llorona is just a legend, the river has its dangers. The Dare The day progressed, and the events of the night seemed a distant memory as they engaged in various activities. By mid-afternoon, while lounging in the garden, Isabella broached a topic that would set the tone for the evening. You know... She started, glancing mischievously at Diego. We've all heard the tales, but none of us have been to the river at night what if we went tonight a sort of adventure lucia's eyes lit up you mean like a dare isabella nodded exactly we'll go maybe see if there's any truth to the tales diego looked uneasy it's one thing to talk about it and another to actually go there especially after dark javier seemed torn but Mia, feeling a mix of anxiety and excitement, voiced her thoughts. We'll stick together, take torches. It'll be an adventure. Besides, if the legend is true, La Llorona is only looking for her children, not a group of brave teenagers, right? Isabella grinned. So it's decided. Tonight, we venture to the river. As the sun began its descent, casting golden hues over San Lamento, the group geared up for their nocturnal adventure, unaware that this dare would forever change their understanding of the legends surrounding their town. Chapter 3 The River The sun had long set, its last traces giving way to the purples and inky blacks of the night sky. Stars twinkled above, offering only the faintest illumination to the world below. The group gathered at Javier's back porch, each holding a torch, its flame-casting flickering shadows, and a warm golden hue. I can't believe we're actually doing this, whispered Lucia, her excitement palpable yet tinged with an undercurrent of anxiety. Diego adjusted the straps of his backpack, filled with snacks and a first-aid kit. Just remember, we stick together. No wandering off. Isabella, trying to sound braver than she felt, retorted. Who'd want to wander off on a night like this anyway? As they descended the gentle slope from the house, the sound of the river grew more pronounced. The soft, rhythmic gurgling of the water, usually a comforting sound, felt eerily oppressive in the darkness. Javier led the way, his familiarity with the terrain evident. The river's not far now. He remarked, his voice cutting through the chirping of crickets. Mia found herself strangely drawn to the river, her feet moving almost of their own accord. The soft blow from her torch reflected off the water, creating a mesmerizing dance of light and shadow. It was both beautiful and foreboding, setting the stage for what lay ahead. The air grew cooler as they neared the riverbank, the canopy of trees overhead making the darkness seem even more profound. The murmurs of the group grew quieter, replaced by the palpable tension of anticipation. Upon reaching the river's edge, they set their torches in a circle, the flames providing a sanctuary of light in the encompassing dark. They stood there for a moment, looking at each other, the reality of their dare sinking in. We're really here. Mia whispered, her breath visible in the cool air. The river, which seemed so benign during the day, now held a certain mystique, its depths hiding untold secrets. And as the group steadied themselves, ready to face whatever the night would bring, the stage was set for an encounter with San Lamento's most haunting legend. Javier, in an attempt to dispel the mounting tension, cleared his throat and, with a mischievous grin, cupped his hands around his mouth. He called out, mimicking the legendary cry his voice echoing faintly back to them the others chuckled nervously grateful for the distraction isabella always one to join in on a jest responded in kind if you're out there we brought snacks she waved a candy bar in the air her laughter genuine diego rolling his eyes said i'm sure ancient spirits are craving some modern junk food they laughed again and for a few moments, the atmosphere lightened. The river's gentle flow seemed to play along, its ripples shimmering under the torchlight. Mia, holding her torch aloft, moved closer to the water. Its reflections fascinated her, almost hypnotic in their dance. But as she stared, something within those depths tugged at her, a sensation she couldn't quite shake off. The world around her seemed to fade, the laughter of her friends becoming distant murmurs. Lucia, noticing Mia's trance-like state, called out. Hey, Mia! Don't fall in! We didn't pack a change of clothes! Snapping back to reality, Mia gave a slight shudder. Sorry, got lost in thought. Javier, trying to keep the mood light, ventured. Or maybe you heard her call. He winked playfully. The group began to explore the riverbank, looking for any signs or oddities. They found the usual, smooth stones, tiny fish darting about, and the occasional splash of a frog leaping into the water. Everything seemed ordinary. Isabella, her bravado returning, announced. Looks like it's just a regular river after all. No weeping women in sight. Lucia, picking up a smooth stone, tried to skim it across the water. Maybe we came on her night off. She joked. Their initial investigation seemed to confirm that the tales were just that, tales. But as the minutes ticked by and the torches began to burn lower, a sense of unease crept back. And in that silent night, the real investigation was just beginning. Nighttime. The group's chatter began to dwindle as the night deepened, the weight of their surroundings pressing upon them. The torch's flames, now smaller, cast long-wavering shadows across the water, creating a play of light and dark that danced upon the river's surface. Suddenly, a soft, mournful wail pierced the silence. It seemed distant, yet it echoed all around them, reverberating off the trees and the water. The sound was eerily reminiscent of a woman's cry, filled with sorrow and desperation. The group froze, their playful banter instantly forgotten. Isabella, her eyes wide, whispered, Did you guys hear that? Javier, his bravado gone, nodded slowly. It can't be. It sounded just like... The legend. Diego finished, his voice barely audible. Lucia, her rational side trying to break through. Sid, it could be the wind or maybe an animal. This forest is full of creatures. Right? But even as she said it, another wail rose, this time louder, more distinct, and unmistakably human. It sounded like a lament, the heart-wrenching cry of a mother who had lost everything. Mia, clutching her grandmother's necklace, felt her heart race. That's no animal, she murmured. Diego, always the protective one, gathered the group close. We need to stick together. No one wanders off. Javier, torch in hand, tried to pinpoint the direction of the cries. It seems to be coming from further upstream. Maybe from that old bridge? As they strained their ears, the cries seemed to move, ebbing and flowing like the waters of the river itself. At times they were distant. But at other moments, they felt uncomfortably close, as if La Llorona was right beside them. Isabella, trying to rally the group, said, Maybe we should check it out. If it's just someone in distress, we can help. And if it's... Her. Well, we wanted an adventure, right? But as the cries continued, undulating with a raw, emotional power, it became clear that this was no ordinary adventure. The legend of La Llorona, whether true or not, was beginning to come alive before their very eyes. The Haunting Melody While the others were discussing their next move, Mia felt a cold shiver run down her spine, as if someone had run a fingertip along her back. She was drawn, inexplicably, towards the river again, but this time, it was more than just the water's reflections that held her attention. Emerging from the veil of mist that clung to the river was a faint, shimmering figure in white. It moved gracefully, with an almost ethereal quality, its form slightly translucent against the backdrop of the night. Mia's grandmother's necklace, which she had absentmindedly been holding onto, began to emit a faint, warm glow. The pendant vibrated ever so gently against the palm of her hand, resonating with an energy Mia couldn't understand. The figure by the river seemed to notice the necklace's glow. Its movements became more deliberate, and its cries grew softer, replaced by a haunting melody that seemed to beckon Mia closer. Mia? Mia? Diego's voice sounded distant, echoing as if from the end of a long tunnel. Yet, Mia couldn't pull her gaze away from the figure. There was something familiar in its demeanor a sorrow that resonated with the tales her grandmother used to tell her. Memories of sitting by the fireside, listening to the legend of La Llorona, flooded back. Her grandmother had always said that their family had a deep connection with the spirits, a bond that transcended time. Diego, seeing Mia's trance-like state, moved closer to her, his voice laced with concern. Mia, step back! But Mia was caught in the spell, The world around her blurring as the figure's psalm grew louder, filling her senses. The river's edge beckoned, and Mia felt an overwhelming urge to step into the water. To join the weeping woman. To understand her pain. As she took a hesitant step forward, the necklace's glow intensified, casting a golden hue around her, creating a barrier between her and the beckoning spirit. The spectral figure seemed both attracted and repelled by the necklace's light, its form wavering, caught between desire and caution. Diego, realizing the imminent danger, lunged forward, grabbing Mia's arm, trying to break the enchantment holding her. As he pulled her back, the world snapped back into focus for Mia, the enchanting melody replaced by the frantic cries of her friends and the chilling wails of La Llorona. The Close Call Diego's grip on Mia's arm was like iron, pulling her with all his might away from the hypnotic allure of the river. The others watched in horror, the torches forming a protective circle of light around them. As Mia was jerked backwards, La Llorona's form solidified, her features becoming more pronounced. Her long, flowing hair trailed behind her like a dark river of its own, and her eyes, once full of sorrow, now blazed with an intensity that sent shivers down their spines. With an unearthly speed, Lalorona lunged at Mia, her fingers outstretched, grasping for what she seemed to desire the most. The force of her lunge caused the necklace around Mia's neck to snap, sending the glowing pendant into the river below. La Llorona, with a frustrated cry, dove into the water after it, her form blurring into the ripples, becoming one with the river as she searched for the precious pendant. Mia, dazed and gasping for breath, clutched Diego's arm. My necklace. My grandmother's necklace. She whispered, her voice choked with emotion. We need to move, now! Javier shouted, taking command. The group driven by adrenaline and fear, quickly retraced their steps, their torches lighting the way, their hurried footfalls echoing in the night. Lucia, looking over her shoulder, whispered, she's gone, right? She won't follow us. Isabella, trying to keep her voice steady, responded. I don't know, but we can't take any chances. As they made their way back, the cries of La Llorona seemed to follow them, a constant reminder of the danger they had narrowly escaped. The night, once filled with the thrill of an adventure, had turned into a race for safety. Reaching Javier's house, they quickly bolted the doors and windows, their breaths coming in ragged gasps. The comforting walls of the house provided a sanctuary from the terror outside. Diego, holding me close, whispered. We're safe now. We're safe. But Mia, gazing out of the window, her thoughts on the lost pendant and the connection it held to her family's past, wasn't so sure. The events of the night had proven that some legends, no matter how far-fetched, held more truth than anyone could ever imagine. Chapter 4 The Lost Necklace The morning sun streamed into Mia's room, bathing everything in a soft, golden glow. But for Mia, the world seemed bleaker than ever. She sat on the edge of her bed, clutching a photograph of her grandmother, tears streaming down her face. The loss of the necklace weighed heavily on her heart. More than its monetary value, it was a last tangible connection to her beloved grandmother. It wasn't just jewelry, it was a legacy, a protective charm, and a symbol of love. Mia could still remember the day her grandmother had placed it around her neck, her old hands shaking, but her eyes clear and kind. This will always protect you, Mija. She had whispered. But now, it was gone. Javier, Diego, Lucia, and Isabella tried their best to console her. They brought her favorite snacks played music, and even tried distracting her with board games. But Mia's usual laughter was absent, replaced by a melancholic silence. What was even more unsettling was the constant feeling of being watched. Every creak of the wooden floor, every rustle of the leaves outside, made Mia jumpy. It felt as if the shadow of La Llorona was around her all the time. She couldn't shake off the sensation of the specter's cold, haunting eyes fixated on her, waiting for the perfect moment. And when night came, the terror magnified. Mia would lie in bed, trying her best to keep her eyes closed, praying for a peaceful sleep. But every night, like clockwork, she would be jolted awake by the same dream. And she'd be near the river, the water's surface eerily still. Suddenly, a hand would emerge, followed by the ghostly figure of La Llorona, her face obscured by a veil of tears and her haunting cries echoing in the night. And every time Mia tried to run, her feet felt rooted to the spot. La Llorona would glide closer and closer, reaching out for Mia, only for Mia to wake up in a cold sweat, her heart pounding loudly. It was clear that La Llorona's pull was no longer limited to the riverbank. The spirit seemed to have found a way into Mia's very soul, making every moment, whether asleep or awake, a living nightmare. The hope and safety that the daylight brought were slowly fading, and Mia was trapped in her own cycle of fear and despair, desperately longing for a way out. Despite their own fears, seeing Mia in such a state galvanized the group. It was clear that something had to be done, and fast. The bond they shared, solidified over years of friendship and now a shared secret, was their anchor. Diego, ever the protector, declared, We won't let this thing get to Mia. We need to stick together. His resolve was evident in the set of his jaw and the determination in his eyes. Isabella, the researcher of the group, had been poring over any information she could find about La Llorona and ways to counter her malevolent reach. There must be something we're missing, a way to protect Mia from her grasp. She murmured, her eyes darting across the pages of an old folklore book she had borrowed. Lucia, always sensitive to the emotions of those around her, took on the role of Mia's constant companion. Whether it was preparing warm drinks to soothe Mia's nerves or simply being a shoulder to lean on, she was there, offering quiet reassurance. Javier, thinking strategically, suggested... We need to consult someone who knows about this. Someone with knowledge beyond what we can find in books. That thought led to their collective decision to approach his grandmother, Abuela Rosa. If the tales were to be believed, she had knowledge about many things that lurked in the shadows, both seen and unseen. And so, their mission was clear. They needed to protect Mia at all costs and find a solution to free her from La Rona's haunting grasp. The plan was simple. By day, they would fortify Mia's house, setting up protective measures and taking turns keeping watch. By night, they would all camp together in Mia's room, ensuring she was never alone. Their shared vigilance became a beacon of hope in a situation that seemed increasingly dire. The days turned into nights, and the group's determination only grew stronger. Every scare, every mysterious sound only made them more adamant to fight back, to defend their friend and reclaim the peace that had been so cruelly stolen from them. Through it all, Mia, though weighed down by fear, drew strength from her friends. Their unified resolve was a testament to the power of friendship, of standing together in the face of unspeakable evil. It was a promise that no matter what, they wouldn't let Lalorana win. Abuela Rosa. The old wooden door of Abuela Rosa's home creaked softly as the group pushed it open, allowing a mix of sunlight and dust to enter the dimly lit room. It was always cooler in Abuela's house, with a scent of old books and dried herbs hanging in the air. Every corner was filled with curios, family photos, and religious relics, a testament to a life lived long and fully. Mia's heart raced as they stepped inside. This was their best shot at finding answers, and she felt a mix of hope and trepidation. Abuela? Javier called out softly, trying not to disturb the silence that seemed to envelope the place. From a back room, a frail voice responded. Javier, is that you? And you've brought friends. Come in, come in. Abuela Rosa emerged, a small figure draped in a colorful shawl, her silver hair neatly tied back, her skin lined with the wisdom of years. Her eyes, however, were sharp, instantly assessing the situation as she glanced over the group. We need your help, Abuela. Javier began, voice quivering slightly. Without waiting, Abuela Rosa gestured to the sitting area, inviting them to sit. Tell me everything. She said, her voice calm but commanding. As the tale unfolded, Abuela Rosa's face remained impassive, but her fingers twitched ever so slightly, betraying her concern. Once the story was finished, she let out a deep sigh and leaned back in her chair. You children have been foolish. She began, her voice stern. Ancient spirits are not to be trifled with. They hold power beyond our understanding. The group exchanged uneasy glances, regret evident in their eyes. We didn't think it would come to this, Diego admitted. Abuela Rosa looked intently at Mia, eyes filled with empathy. La Llorona, the weeping woman, she is one of the most potent spirits. Bound by tragedy, she's forever searching, forever yearning. Your necklace, Mia. She continued. Is not just any trinket. It's imbued with the protective energy of your ancestors. Mia gulped, feeling the weight of Abuela's gaze. How do I break the bond? How do I free myself from her? Abuela Rosa pursed her lips, thinking deeply. The bond was formed when she took something precious from you in the proximity of the river, her realm. To break it, you must reclaim what was taken. However she added with gravity this will not be a simple task she went on to explain the power of the necklace how it had been passed down through the generations serving as a protector against dark forces now that Lalorona had it the spirit was even more potent its reach amplified la lorona is drawn to you because of the bond the necklace has with your lineage To sever this connection, the necklace must be retrieved and a ritual performed to bind the spirit back to her watery confines. Abuela Rosa Detailed Listening intently, the friends felt a mixture of hope and dread. The path forward was clear, but it wouldn't be easy. With Abuela Rosa's wisdom, however, they felt better equipped to face the challenge ahead. The Ritual Abuela Rosa leaned forward, her hands resting on an ancient-looking book that lay on the coffee table. The leather binding was worn, and its pages were yellowed with age. She carefully opened it, revealing handwritten notes and old sketches of various rituals and symbols. This, she said, pointing to a detailed drawing of a circle with intricate symbols and markings, is what you will need. Mia and her friends huddled closer, trying to make out the details. In the center of the circle was a depiction of a river with a figure that unmistakably resembled La Llorona, her arms reaching out. First, you must retrieve the necklace. But be warned, Abuela Rosa said gravely. La Llorona will be at her most powerful when you confront her due to the energy she has drawn from your heirloom. Diego nodded. We'll be prepared. We won't let her hurt Mia or anyone else. Abuela Rosa continued. Once you have the necklace, bring it here. We'll prepare the ritual site by the river's edge. The symbols you see here, she gestured to the book, are protective. They will form a barrier to contain her. Isabella, trying to grasp the gravity of the process, asked. And after we set up the barrier? Abuela Rosa turned the page, revealing a list of items. These are the things you will need, candles made of beeswax, salt from the sea, fresh rosemary, and water from a spring untouched by human hands. The combination of these elements, along with the incantations in this book, will serve to bind her spirit back to the river. Lucia frowned. But how do we make sure she doesn't break free again? The power of the ritual lies in the intent behind it. Your unity, your desire to protect and save Mia, will empower the ritual. As long as the bond of friendship remains strong and the memory of this event is passed down, she will remain bound. Javier, looking at Mia, said, We'll never forget. We'll always stand together. Abuela Rosa smiled gently. I know, my child. But remember, rituals and symbols have power because of the belief behind them. You must believe, with every fiber of your being, that this will work. Only then will you succeed. The group exchanged determined glances, their commitment unwavering. With Abuela Rose's guidance and the knowledge from the ancient book, they felt a renewed sense of purpose. They were ready to face La Llorona and end the nightmare once and for all. Planning and Preparations With Abuela Rosa's words echoing in their ears, the group set out on their mission. The old house's living room was transformed into a makeshift planning hub, with the ancient book taking center stage on the coffee table. Around it, laid out methodically, were various materials and supplies, some already gathered and others listed for collection. We need to divide and conquer. Diego stated, taking charge as he often did when situations got tense. Isabella, you and I can search for the untouched spring water. Lucia, can you and Javier handle the beeswax candles and sea salt? Lucia nodded, her fingers skimming over the page listing the ritual's necessities. There's a shop downtown that sells handmade candles. They might have the beeswax ones we need. As for the sea salt, we can visit the market. Javier, always the thinker, interjected. What about the rosemary? It has to be fresh. Mia, looking up from her thoughts, suggested. There's an old herb garden behind our house. I've seen rosemary there. I can get that. With tasks assigned, the friends began their preparations. Time seemed to blur, the urgency driving them forward as they navigated from one location to another, gathering everything on their list. In the midst of the chaos, Mia felt a strong arm wrap around her shoulders. It was Diego. We'll get through this. He whispered, trying to comfort her. She nodded, drawing strength from his unwavering support. Hours turned into days as they checked items off their list. Every evening, they'd reconvene at Abuela Rosa's house, reporting on their progress and refining their plans. The old woman became their anchor, providing guidance and wisdom whenever doubts crept in. The spring water proved challenging, with Diego and Isabella trekking deep into the woods before they found a spring that met the criteria. It was clear and cold, with a purity that seemed almost otherworldly. The beeswax candles and sea salt were acquired with minimal fuss, thanks to Lucia's keen bargaining skills. Mia, for a part, tended to the rosemary, ensuring it remained fresh and vibrant. With the physical components in place, the next step was learning the incantations. Abuela Rosa took the lead, teaching them the ancient words and ensuring their pronunciation was perfect. The chant, she emphasized, was as vital as the items themselves. The rhythm, the cadence, and the intent behind the words would be their shield against La Llorona's power. Nights were filled with practice sessions, with the group forming a circle, chanting in unison, their voices filling up Wella Rose's living room with an energy that was palpable. The old woman would occasionally correct them, but as the days wore on, her nods of approval became more frequent. Finally, the eve of the ritual arrived. As they sat together, reviewing their plan one last time, there was a sense of unity and determination. They were ready, come what may. We've got one shot at this, Diego said, looking around the room at the faces of his friends. Let's make it count. Chapter 5 pre Pre-dawn. The old grandfather clock in Abuela Rosa's house chimed four times, its resonant tones filling the dimly lit living room. The atmosphere was thick with anticipation as Mia and her friends, dressed in dark clothing, assembled in a circle. The room smelled faintly of sage and rosemary, with candles casting shadows on the walls, their flickering light dancing in the stillness. Abuela Rosa emerged from the kitchen, holding a tray laden with white cloth bands, each infused with protective herbs and soaked overnight in a mixture of spring water and sea salt. Her face, usually so animated, was solemn, the weight of the upcoming challenge evident in her eyes. You must wear these, she said softly, handing a band to each of them. They will help protect you from her energy, acting as a shield. As each member of the group tied the cloth around their wrist, Abuela Rosa began to recite an old prayer in Spanish, her voice clear and resonant. The words, though unfamiliar to some, carried a weight and power that everyone could feel. With the prayer finished, Mia looked around at her friends. Diego's usual bravado seemed muted, his eyes focused and determined. Lucia's fingers nervously toyed with her cloth band, while Isabella took a deep breath, trying to calm her racing heart. Javier, ever the rock, gave a reassuring nod to the group, while Abuela Rosa placed a comforting hand on Mia's shoulder. It is time, she whispered. The group, with a collective sense of purpose, made their way to the front door. As they stepped out into the pre-dawn darkness, the world outside seemed eerily still. The distant hoot of an owl and the rustle of leaves underfoot were the only sounds accompanying them. They knew the journey ahead was fraught with danger, but they also understood the stakes. With Mia at the center of it all, they were united in their resolve to face the haunting specter of La Lorona and put an end to the nightmare. And so, with the first hints of dawn painting the horizon in shades of purple and gold, they set out toward the river, ready to confront the legend that had plagued their community for generations. The group moved as one, their footsteps synchronized on the worn path that led to the river. The journey, which usually felt breezy and light during daytime strolls, now felt heavy, each step weighed down by the gravity of their task. Mia's thoughts raced. The necklace, her grandmother's memories, the chilling grip of La Lorona, everything seemed to merge into a whirlpool of emotions. But among the turmoil, a warm sensation filled her heart. The realization that these almost strangers had rallied around her so fiercely was both overwhelming and comforting. She glanced sideways at Diego. He walked purposefully, occasionally scanning the surroundings with vigilant eyes. Since the night of the sleepover, he had assumed a protective role, a stance that Mia found both surprising and reassuring. Despite their short acquaintance, Diego's care felt genuine, as if some deeper bond had forged between them. Why is he doing this for me? We've barely known each other a week. Mia pondered. A brief flashback of the night at Javier's house replayed in her mind. Diego's strong grip pulling her away from danger, his voice a grounding presence amidst the fear. Her thoughts were interrupted when Lucia stumbled slightly on a protruding root, and Isabella quickly steadied her. Javier whispered words of encouragement, reminding everyone to stay focused. Each gesture, every whispered word, only deepened Mia's astonishment at the unity and bond they shared. The first hints of dawn began to unveil the river's silhouette, its waters glistening and dark, seemingly waiting. The serenity of the scene sharply contrasted the turmoil in Mia's mind. As they drew closer, the faint murmurs of the river became more audible, echoing the whispered legends of the village. But it wasn't the river's history that preoccupied Mia's thoughts, it was the unexpected family she had found in this new place. Diego, sensing Mia's contemplation, offered a gentle smile. We've got your back, Mia, he said, a statement that seemed to resonate with the feelings of the entire group. Gathering her resolve, Mia nodded, knowing that with this group beside her, they could face whatever awaited them at the river's edge. Setting the trap, the riverbank was bathed in a faint bluish light as the first signs of dawn began to break. The gentle murmur of the flowing water usually a calming presence, now carried an eerie undertone. Trees landing the bank cast long, wavering shadows on the water, their silhouettes distorted by the ripples. It was as if the river itself anticipated the impending confrontation. Javier took charge, unpacking the ritual items from a bag. All right, let's sit up here, he said, pointing to a flat section of the bank. Diego and Isabella began to mark a large circle on the ground, using a mixture of crushed white chalk and salt, creating a visible barrier. Within the circle, intricate symbols, provided by Abuela Rosa, were drawn, representing protection, confinement, and unity. Lucia carefully placed candles at cardinal points within the circle, each color-coded to represent different elements, blue for water, red for fire, brown for earth, and white for air. Their flames, once lit, would serve as both a guiding light and a protective barrier against dark forces. In the circle's center, a small, shallow pit was dug. Mia took out the silver bowl filled with the untouched spring water and placed it gently in the pit. Sprinkling fresh rosemary on top, she whispered a silent prayer, hoping her grandmother's spirit would guide and protect them. As the final touch, Diego placed a smooth, flat stone next to the bowl, designating a spot for the necklace once they had it. Its placement was crucial, for it would be the lure and the anchor, drawing La Llorona in and binding her. With everything in place, Mia took a step back to take in the ritual site. The symbols, candles, and bowl formed a pattern that looked both ancient and powerful, like something from a time long forgotten. Once La Llorona is within the circle, Abuela Rosa had instructed, You must all join hands and recite the incantation. She will try to break free, but the circle's power, combined with your unity, will hold her. Remember Mia, your connection with her through the necklace will be both a vulnerability and a strength. Use it wisely. Feeling the weight of Abuela Rosa's words, Mia nodded at the group, signaling that the trap was set. All they could do now was wait, hope, and trust in the strength of their bond to see them through the night. The world seemed to pause as the group huddled together at a safe distance from the circle, their eyes fixed on the silver bowl shimmering in the emerging daylight. The usual sounds of morning, a distant bird's song, the rustling of leaves in the breeze, were muted as if nature itself held its breath in anticipation. The minutes felt like hours. The group exchanged anxious glances, their nervous energy palpable. Lucia began quietly humming an old lullaby, an attempt to soothe the fraying nerves, while Isabella, her fingers trembling slightly, checked the candles to ensure they remained lit. Diego leaned in closer to Mia, their shoulders touching. You okay? He whispered, his eyes searching hers for any sign of distress. Mia nodded, though her heart raced. I just want this to be over. She admitted, gripping the protective cloth band on her wrist. Javier, ever the pragmatic one, kept a vigilant eye on the river. She's cunning. He murmured. She knows we're here, waiting for her. But we have the advantage. As the sun began its ascent, painting the sky in soft hues of pink and gold, a heavy mist started to form over the river. It crept slowly, wrapping around trees and blanketing the riverbank in a dense, white fog. Lucia's humming ceased. The atmosphere became charged, a silent electricity in the air. Mia felt a sudden chill, an icy finger tracing down her spine. The connection, the pull, was beginning. She's coming, Isabella whispered, her voice barely audible from within the mist, a faint, mournful cry echoed, a lament, a sorrowful wail that seemed to originate from the very depths of despair. It grew louder, more insistent, a haunting melody that gripped their very souls. Mia's heart thudded loudly in her chest, her breathing rapid. The silhouette of a woman began to emerge from the mist, her long white gown flowing, her dark hair cascading around her like a living entity. The figure's eyes, once filled with pain and sorrow, now burned with a malevolent intensity, fixed solely on Mia. The trap was set. The bait was in place. And as La Llorona drew closer, Mia and her friends braced themselves for the confrontation that would determine their fates. La Llorona appears. As the mist swirled around her, La Llorona stepped gracefully onto the riverbank. Her ethereal beauty was marred by her piercing, grief-stricken eyes, which seemed to see into the very souls of those who dared to look upon her. With each step she took, the weight of her eternal sorrow and anguish echoed, sending ripples through the fog and stillness of the dawn. Her gown, once pure white, now carried stains of time and torment, flowing around her like liquid. Her long, raven-black hair floated around her, Moving as if having a life of its own, caressing her face and veiling her in moments, only to reveal her again. But what caught Mia's attention the most was the necklace, her grandmother's necklace, dangling elegantly around Lalorona's neck. It seemed out of place on the ghostly figure, its delicate chain and pendant gleaming with a warmth and familiarity that sharply contrasted with Lalorona's chilling presence. Drawn irresistibly toward Mia, Lalorona began to move closer. The eerie lament that had announced her arrival morphed into a mesmerizing, almost hypnotic song, a song of loss, longing, and unending grief. Mia felt the world around her blur as Lalorona's gaze locked onto hers. She felt a pull, a compulsion to step forward, to surrender to the sorrowful spirit's embrace, and be drawn into the depths of the river. But Diego's hand tightened around Mia's, snapping her back to reality. Stay with me. He whispered urgently, his voice a lifeline amidst the ghostly chaos. La Llorona's outstretched hands, just inches from Mia, seemed to shimmer and transform, taking on a more skeletal, decayed appearance. Her voice grew more desperate, her song more demanding. The necklace around her neck began to glow faintly, resonating with Mia's heartbeat. Javier began to chant the incantation of Buella Rosa had given them, his voice steady and confident. Lucia and Isabella joined in, their combined voices weaving a protective spell around Mia. La Lorona hesitated for a moment, the pull of the ritual momentarily countering her own. Her mournful wails intensified, expressing frustration, rage, and an overwhelming desire to reclaim what she believed was hers. The tension was palpable. The battle for Mia's soul had begun. Would the strength of her newfound friends and the protective power of the ritual be enough to withstand the onslaught of La Llorona's relentless pursuit? The atmosphere grew colder, the fog denser, as La Llorona's influence strengthened. Every step she took towards Mia seemed to drown out the protective chants of the group, her sorrowful wails harmonizing with the mournful lull of the river. The world became a blur of white and gray, with only the sorrowful figure of La Llorona in sharp focus. Mia felt herself sinking, drawn into a trance-like state. Memories of her grandmother flashed before her eyes, the comforting smell of her perfume, the touch of her hands, and the weight of the necklace she once wore. She heard a distant voice, soft and pleading, beckoning her to come closer, to join in the endless depths of sorrow. The psalm of La Llorona whispered promises of eternal rest, an end to all pain and loneliness. But amidst the cacophony of voices, Diego's urgent cries managed to pierce through. Mia, fight it! Don't let her take you! He shouted, gripping her hand tightly as if trying to anchor her to the world of the living. Seizing the moment of La Llorona's brief distraction, Javier lunged forward. With swift precision, he managed to grab the chain of the necklace, ripping it from the spectral woman's neck. He sprinted back to the circle and placed the necklace on the designated flat stone. A scream of pure rage emanated from La Llorona. The once melancholic spirit now radiated fury. Her eyes, previously filled with sorrow, now glowed a fiery red. With supernatural speed, she lunged at Mia, her fingers transforming into sharp, bony talons. The group formed a protective barrier around Mia, chanting louder, their voices united in desperation. But Lalorona's force was overpowering. Breaking through their defenses, she gripped Mia's arm, her cold fingers digging into Mia's skin, leaving angry, red marks. Mia screamed in pain, her voice echoing off the surrounding trees, blending with Lalorona's wails. The tug of war for Mia's soul intensified. La Llorona tried to drag her closer to the river's edge, the water swirling in anticipation. Diego, using all his strength, pulled Mia back while Isabella and Lucia attempted to fend off La Llorona with the protective chance. But it was the necklace, now glowing even more brightly on the stone, that became their saving grace. The closer La Llorona got to it, the weaker she seemed to become. With one final... Combined effort, the group managed to pull Mia away, breaking La grasp. The ghostly woman let out a defeated cry, her form dissolving into the mist, the echoes of her lament gradually fading away. Mia collapsed into Diego's arms, her breathing ragged, the trauma of the encounter evident on her pale face. The group huddled close, relief washing over them. But the night was not over, and the ritual was yet to be completed. They had won the battle, but the war against La Llorona was far from over. The initial reprieve from La Llorona's onslaught was short-lived. As Mia leaned into Diego for support, the air around them grew colder, the temperature plummeting rapidly. The river began to churn violently, waves lapping hungrily at the bank. The morning light, which had begun to filter through the trees, was suddenly eclipsed by an unnatural darkness. A cacophony of voices, whispers of despair and longing, seemed to emanate from every direction. Trees rustled without wind, and the ground beneath them trembled slightly. We need to finish the ritual now, shouted Javier, grabbing the necklace from the stone. His voice was filled with urgency. Isabella and Lucia joined hands, reciting the incantation their abuela had taught them with fervor. Their voices rose above the ambient noise, forming a protective barrier around the group. Diego held Mia close, whispering words of encouragement, his eyes never leaving the churning waters of the river. Suddenly, from the heart of the river, a massive whirlpool began to form. Its vortex grew larger and more powerful with each passing second. At its center, La Llorona emerged, no longer the melancholic spirit they had encountered earlier. Her visage was twisted in rage, her form even more spectral and terrifying, the necklace's pendant glowing fiercely against the backdrop of the whirlpool. With a scream that pierced the air, she summoned the power of the river, directing its fury towards the group. The very ground beneath them seemed to come alive, trying to drag them toward the raging waters. Mia, her fear replaced by determination, stepped forward, holding out her hand. Give me the necklace, Javier. She yelled over the roar of the river. Without hesitation, Javier tossed the necklace to her. As she caught it, a warmth spread through her body, emanating from the pendant. Her connection to her grandmother, the love and memories they shared, bolstered her strength. Drawing upon this newfound power, Mia stepped to the edge of the river, facing La Llorona directly. The spirit hesitated. The fury in her eyes were by confusion. Using this brief moment of respite, Mia began to sing. It was a lullaby, the same one her grandmother used to sing to her, filled with love, hope, and memories of happier times. The raging waters began to calm. La Llorona's form wavered, the anger dissipating from her features. The necklace glowed even brighter, casting a protective barrier around Mia. With every note Mia sang, La Llorona seemed to shrink back; her form diminishing, the whirlpool's power waning. The surrounding darkness retreated, giving way to the emerging daylight. As the final note of the lullaby echoed in the air, La Llorona, with a final mournful sigh, dissolved into the river. The waters returning to their placid state. Mia, drained from the confrontation, collapsed to her knees. The necklace clutched tightly in her hand. The group rushed to her side, relief and astonishment written on their faces. The battle with La Llorona was over, and against all odds, they had emerged victorious. The bond that had been formed between Mia and the spectral spirit had been severed, but the bond between Mia and her newfound friends had been solidified, stronger than ever. The world around them slowly returned to its natural state, as if waking up from a prolonged nightmare. The birds resumed their melodies, a soft breeze rustled the trees, and the golden hue of the morning sun painted everything in a warm glow. Javier, Lucia, Isabella, and Diego surrounded Mia, helping her to her feet. Each of their faces reflected a mix of exhaustion, relief, and an undeniable sense of unity. We did it. Mia whispered, her voice shaky but filled with gratitude. She clutched the necklace close to her heart its significance now even more profound. Diego squeezed her hand reassuringly. Together, he added, emphasizing the bond that had been forged among them. Lucia and Isabella exchanged a look of admiration and pride. Abuela Rosa was right. Lucia murmured. The strength of unity and love is more powerful than any curse. Javier nodded in agreement. We must thank her and ensure this story is passed down. No one should ever have to face what we did. The group slowly made their way back to the village, supporting Mia, who, despite the trauma, wore a small smile on her face. The nightmare had ended, but the memories of their courageous fight against the dark forces would forever be etched in their hearts. Upon reaching Abuela Rosa's home, they found her waiting on the porch, a knowing look in her eyes. I felt it, she said softly, her gaze resting on Mia. The curse has been lifted. Mia nodded, tears forming in her eyes. Thanks to you and everyone here, she replied, her voice choked with emotion. She then handed the necklace to Abuela Rosa, who held it up to the light, admiring its beauty. This belongs to you, Abuela Rosa said, handing it back to Mia. Keep it safe, and may it always remind you of the strength that lies within. With the ordeal behind them, the village returned to its peaceful state. However, the story of that fateful night, of the bravery of five friends and their triumph over La Llorona, became legendary. Parents would narrate it to their children, ensuring that the tale of courage, love, and unity lived on for generations to come. And as for Mia, the village that she had once thought of as a temporary dwelling became her forever home. Embraced by a community that stood by her in her darkest hour and surrounded by friends who were more like family, Mia found the place where she truly belonged. That was all we had for you this time. I hope you enjoyed listening to the story just as much as I did telling it to you. And next time you hear a legend about a vengeful river spirit, don't just dismiss it as being a story to scare kids. Sometimes they are rooted in an all-too-real danger. So watch out! This story was brought to you by The Midnight Tales Project. You can find this story and many others on the website, MidnightTales.org. Here you can read and listen to the stories. You can also buy this story and other stories both as an ebook or audiobook. It helps support the show, and we really appreciate the gesture. And as always, if you enjoyed the story and would like to hear more, please leave us a review or share the episode with a friend. My name is Davis, and remember, I'm no more real than the stories you hear. Until next time, take care.